Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Dwayne. How's it going? Good, good. I don't know if you can see a little bit of difference here, but um, I, 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 no. All right. So I, I got a, uh, I got one of those uh, uh, desks that actually can raise up now. So I'm actually standing up doing our podcast oh, cool. today, as opposed to sitting down. And uh, you know that they say that. Uh, uh, sitting is the new smoking, so I don't smoke, so I figure, well, maybe I shouldn't sit all that often either. Yeah, that's good, though. I think that's great. My girlfriend, my fiance Nicole, she has that at her office, and um, she stands for most part of the day. You know, so it's, like, interesting. You know, but then again, you, you also, there's always, and I bet you in 10 years that you're going to do studies on people who just stood so much that it wore their hips down and all this other stuff, and and so on. So there's always these new crazes and phases and so on. You know, it can't be any worse than, my, than the way my hips feel from sitting down. You know what I mean? I have to be honest. I just said this to, to Nicole yesterday where um, I'm in pain at the end of the day. And I'm like, okay, I did teach at the dojo for four hours. You're on the tatami mats. They're very unstable. So you're always constantly core balancing. But I'm telling you, my back kills me, kills me. And I'm thinking that it's more of my chair because I – I am in this office chair right here, a good four, five, six hours a day sitting. And you need an ergonomic, really good, health-conscious, careful, uh, you know, quality chair as well. Yeah, and, I, you know, that's what I thought, too. I thought maybe it's the chair. And so I went and got this really – I don't know if you can even see it, but I, yeah. I got a really super, super nice one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it works really well. And, and now, what, three months later, I'm standing. <laughs> Yeah, but did that help your back though when you when you got it I, the chair? I did feel I did feel a little bit of relief. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's important. I mean, it is true. Like we think about it, you know, you you buy expensive sneakers or you could buy cheap sneakers. You know, obviously cheap sneakers and expensive sneakers, people say they're the same, but a good pair of running shoes could save your save your body. You know, so oh you, gosh, you might yeah. spend you might spend two hundred dollars on running shoes when you buy a twenty dollar pair and your back is killing you and you have shin splints and all that other stuff. So anyway, it's interesting that, you know, we're talking about quality of goods and quality of things. And now you got this desk and now, you know, like, and our, our call today is all on um, building a culture, right? Branding, um, you know, but, but culture and branding are distinctively different items, although they connect, they're interconnected. So what, what's your, what's your thought on the difference? You know, what, what is your opinion on, on that? Well, your, your brand, well, your culture is your brand. Um, unless they, well, they, they do connect, but your culture is your brand. Um, right. but the, the problem is the fact that sometimes we have, as entrepreneurs, we have hazardly build, and I know I did this in the beginning too, is we, we build a, a brand that may not be what we want and we have to, one of the ways that you need to go and correct that, there's a few steps, but you know, one of the other ways is to go look at the culture that you've created and right. sometimes that that culture by default has created a brand that you may or may not want. Um, right. So they're intertwined. They are distinctively different to a certain degree, but they both influence each other. And it's kind of like I guess I liken it where when you get married, you and you and your spouse are, you know, you're two totally different people. But as time goes on, you know, you you actually are finishing each other's sentences. You know, yeah. as if you watch them. Watch the show Frozen, right? The movie Frozen, where they go, right. they were singing that song, and they go finish each other's, and then it was sandwiches, not sentences. Right. 
right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's that you just start to get in sync. And that exactly that's exactly what happens with regards to your brand and then also the culture. They, they become one over time. Um, and so you have to really know what you want with, with regards to inside of your school um, because that's going to reflect the outside as well, you know, and that will reflect it all in your, like your brand is always uh, reflected into your uh, advertising um, in, you know, like the ads you put in the paper or on, on Google or, or your website or even Facebook advertising. Um, your culture will have an effect on even the ads that you write. Yeah, and you know what? I love exactly what you said, too, because they are interconnected, and it's so, so important that we realize this. And remember, we did a seminar, you and I, in Atlantic City about, like, three years ago, and we asked people what their brand was. And then the room was filled with, like, 25 school owners, and they all went around the room, and they said, um, my brand is Taekwondo. My brand is, you know, Hapkido. My brand is, you know, Karate. And then we were like, you know, that's really not your brand. That's the system of a martial arts you teach. That could be your brand, right? Like for me, my brand is my system because I have a very unique brand, which is ninjutsu, the art of the ninja. You know, so I've, I've taken what I have because of its unique selling proposition or strategic purpose. Um, it's marketable as a separate entity. For example, if I'm just a karate school, there's another 20 other karate schools. And by the way, sadly, most of our clientele is they're very uneducated. And I don't say this in a negative way in regards to what we do. So they, they basically think all karate schools are similar. You know, some of them who have a slight education, they know that there's differences in styles and the style difference sometimes uh, has a lot to do with, you know, what they're actually learning, but not really what is going on. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, I, I agree with you, but here's where I think I disagree is, uh, they know that we're all the same, but they think that they're different. And here's where the problem lies is they believe that they're different, but they cannot say why they're different. And I think that's where the difference is, you know. And when you want to stand out, when you want to have the type of culture that you want to have or even the brand that you want to have, um, you have to be able to explain that brand or right. you need, need to be able to explain that culture. And so – Yes, all martial arts schools are the same because we teach martial arts, but not all martial arts schools are the same. And, you know, what makes you different is the question that you need to uh, ask yourself. So inside of the culture, what actually makes your school different than anybody else's uh, in your area? And then that, that thing that sets you apart, you believe that sets you apart, needs to have uh, benefits to the end user, and then those benefits need to be explained to the end user. So I'll, I'll use this as, as the example, right? The, uh, the whole thing, well, whether, whether you should have mats to train on or whether you should have carpet to train on. Now, you can find the good in either of those, and you can also find the bad or the negative in either right. of those. So when, uh, when uh, let's say, I was the only school in town that had mats and you know, of course, that separates me from all the other schools that have carpet. But, see, that's just not enough. It's not enough aesthetically to be separated like that. Um, I need to know, you know, why it's so important for me and what's the benefit to the end user with regards to those maps. And even in comparison to uh, the, um, uh, you know, the carpet. And so it's the same thing within your school. Yes, we all teach martial arts. And, you know, we think 
all martial arts are the same to a certain degree and but you think you're special but why are you special well and so it's a, go ahead no no go ahead finish your thought uh, so it's important for us to be able to define that now what's unique about what you have with the art of ninjutsu ninjutsu in and of itself you know ninjas have its own you know you have you have your a own brand, brand and Absolutely. you have your own mascot yeah so you have it's even something truth. better and yeah. uh so uh you're you're already light light years ahead of most of us because of the culture that has already been uh established with regards to ninja and ninjutsu yeah but we have to do the same thing inside of our school as well go ahead I'm sorry. How, however though no no the, however though here's the thing 99 percent of the ninjutsu schools don't promote themselves that way right so they they have a brand they just don't know how to promote it or they have a culture they just don't know how to develop it and i talked about this last week when you were off um i talked about the purple cow and i put up a little um a, a handout too that people could go out and ask their employees and their team to, uh, you know, kind of give their opinion of why they think that they're unique, the purple cow, right? And, um, you know, in my school, it's interesting. Let me try to find it. So, uh, and it really goes to show that an uneducated question uh, being asked of an uneducated person, <laughs> and I say uneducated, what I mean by that is people who don't know what you're actually asking, so, um, you know, like the question, why is there a question even asked? Um, and uh, and let me explain that. Let me, I'm looking as I find, you know, I'm trying to find the uh, paperwork. Let me look through that as I talk. So that's why I'm looking down. But I wanted to read like what one of my staff members wrote. Um, so let me, let me quickly preface this. So the purple cow is like what makes you unique. It's your unique selling proposition or your unique strategic purpose, right? What makes us separate? Now, building a brand is quite often, or a culture or a tribal mentality, is quite often very difficult, right? So a parent may know that we're a different type of school, or a school owner may believe that they're a different type of school. And I talked about this last week, so go back to that call. Um, and I, I had one time hired a consultant. When my schools were at their peak and I wanted to keep on growing, I had like 26 employees. I got them all together and I hired a consultant so that he could tell people um, from the, you know, the same words that I was telling them, but they were coming from somewhere else, so it would make sense to them, right? And anyway, long story short, he drew out an airplane, and he, and he said what, to my team members, like, where do you find yourself on the airplane? Are you the captain? Are you the co-pilot? Are you the wings? Are you the tail? Are you the rudder? Are you the wheels? And uh, everyone filled that out, and it was kind of unique to see. And then he said, what makes your business unique? And they wrote things, and I was proud of them at that moment. So we teach self-confidence, we teach discipline, we teach self-control, we teach self-defense. And I, we wrote it all down, and I stuck it on this big, huge, sticky note on my wall. And then when I went back like two weeks later, and I was looking at it, I had my feet back, I was sitting back on my desk, and I looked at it, and I'm like, that's pretty much what every single school would say. We're, we're, I mean, and they may not be doing it, or I may not be doing it, but this is what we think we're doing. And that's, we think that's what makes us unique, but to a parent, this is what they believe every single school to be doing, right? They don't think that they're going to go to a school that's not going to teach quality stuff or not going to teach real martial arts or not going to teach self-defense or confidence. So to the consumer, we're all very similar. So now's the hard part is how do we show them that we are a different culture? How are we different? What makes us unique, not like the rest? What separates us from everyone else? Does that make sense? 
Oh, of course. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me read one thing. So I wrote the one question is, you know, this is in the Purple Cow uh, worksheet. You know, why do you think our dojo is different? And my staff member wrote, our, our dojo is different for a few reasons. Besides the extensive training in kata grappling, sparring weapons and martial arts, traditions and traditions, our dojo has a large family that is close knit and supportive of each other as well as our community. Now, dude, is that not the most generic answer that you could ever have? It doesn't make us unique. Every school right. does exactly what she wrote. Um, and then it was, you know, that's, and that's bad. I don't want to be known as that because that's just like everyone else. And then the second question, what is it about our service that you can clearly say is different from other schools? Um, we have consistent follow-up on leads and existing and new and old students. Same, like business, just typical same thing. Like Starbucks could say that. And then, um, you know, so, you know, why are we a purple cow? We're a purple cow because it's over our over-dedication to the school, the martial arts, and the loyalty to our family. I'm like, when I saw that, I was disappointed because I think I'm failing um, at getting our message to even my staff, although I believe that some of my students could have answered that question a little bit more um, differently. So what do you think about that? Like, what makes, like, what, how do you build that culture? What, what do you do in your school that makes your school a culture? Like, why is it TriStar Martial Arts? Why do people go, I go here instead of there because of? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, I run a Christian martial arts school, um, but I don't tout it like, you know, we're Bible thumpers or what have you. But so that in and of itself kind of separates my separates me from um, some schools, if that makes sense. Not that right. they, you know, not that they couldn't be ran by a Christian other schools. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that we we purposely um, put those things into our uh, mat chats and teachings and those type of things. So right. some of those uh, biblical principles are intertwined into our lesson on purpose. So that's going right. to develop that type of culture. The other thing uh, I think that you know makes us different. Not that other schools may do may or may not do this. Uh, I don't know of any school that does. But we also do the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of every class. So we open mm -hmm. up with prayer, and then we then we do a, the Pledge of Allegiance. It doesn't sound like much, but I can tell you how many, um, or I can't tell you how many compliments I get from people that, you know, that we do the pledge. Uh, and I have parents that stand up. I would say it's 50-50. So when we do the, the, the pledge, there's 50% of those parents standing up and doing the pledge with everybody as the kids are doing yeah. it as well. Um, so those are just some small little things that we utilize that are visible, you know, extensively visible. Um, do I have non-Christians so, so, in my school? A absolutely. I do. So, I mean, so I've got Muslims and good. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let's pretend I'm coming to your school, um, and I want to sign up my daughter and, and I, um, I'm not technically Christian, although I was born and raised Catholic and, you know, communion and, you know, confirmation and my mom lived in in a convent my great aunt was a she was a mother superior in the vatican for many years so i have very strong ties to catholicism and all that but i consider myself sure. a spirit spiritual type buddhist so i come to your school and you're like oh i'm a christian school and you know we're a christian school and and um we, we do the pledge and we do this like what would that how would you explain to me what what kind of culture is that it's just two things that you do so what does that help me like how do i understand the culture what do i do yeah well 
Yeah, go ahead. So the first thing is, um, you know, I don't, I don't actually explain any of that. Um, it's more just shown. So right. there's nothing, you know, so when we, you, let's say you do the two-week trial. You're going to come in and you're going to do an introductory lesson with us. During that introductory lesson, we're going to show you, you know, how you bow in when you walk in. And, and right. you know, you do your little lesson with uh, my head instructor, Master Bean, and then you come back for your class the next week. Um, right. And, and, you know, we explain to them in that lesson that, you know, when we start the class, we're going to come to attention. We're going to uh, open up in a, in a short prayer, and then we're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we're going to be, begin class. The parent is there listening just so that they understand, you know, what's coming first, what's coming second, what's coming third, that type of thing. I've, right. I, I, in my career, I've never, ever had anybody say to me, absolutely no way will my kid go there because you guys prayed or did the Pledge of Allegiance. I have had right. one person say to me before, you know, hey, look, uh, you're not going to uh, – you know, ram that stuff down my kid's throat, are you? I said, absolutely not. I, you know, I, I, that's yeah. not who I am. Um, but I've had an, an array of people, I mean, from atheists to spiritual people to Muslims to uh, 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 Jews in my school, and we've not had a problem. And in, in fact, you know, like one of the Muslim families was actually happy that we prayed. Of course, you know, they tell their kid not to pray in Jesus' name, but, you know, so... Right, right. I, I've never, ever had a problem, and I think part of it really is the fact, the delivery. You know, we are who we are. Uh, I don't have... I mean, I, we in the, in the front of our school, we've got uh, the American flag in the middle, and then on the right, I've got the uh, Korean, uh, South Korea flag, and then on the left, I have the Christian flag. Um, right. So it's it's... It's hard to miss yeah. that I that I that I'm a Christian, um, but it's not delivered in a way that I uh, ram it down anybody's throat. So, yeah. and then you know, obviously there's some there's some connotations that go along with that. So most people would most people would assume that you know foul language should not be in there. Um, right. You know, just be, because I'm a Christian, you know, not that I've right. never used foul language before, but, you know, let's be real. I, I mean, right. I've never used it on the floor. That's what I, you know, <laughs> right, but right. not that I haven't said things before. But what I'm saying is that there's there's some uh, inside of the Christian culture, per se, uh, or heritage or whatever you want to, however you want to label it. There are some um, niceties that go along with that. So I've had it kind of easy with regards to my culture because of that. Now, if I didn't have that, it would be just the same. It would be, it would go through the, you know, this is the martial arts etiquette. And because we're martial artists, this will be the etiquette that we use. This is the protocol that we use. I mean, we have some of that written out anyways, you know, this is how you right. approach your instructor and yada, yada, yada. Um, but some of that stuff is a given, um, right. you know, along with that. Now, me personally, this is often a rabbit trail, but me personally, I never really used my titles, um, especially when I became a quote-unquote master belt, because inside of, of that culture, you know, Jesus is the only master. So to call somebody Master Brummett um, is not, you know, somebody that's, that's, that's uh, there's people that have a problem with that, if that makes right. sense. Wrong yeah. or right, indifferent. So I just, you know, I'm Mr. Brummett, you know, that right. type of thing. 
So I know so, we're getting so, a little bit farther off. No, that, no, but. I know. I, I actually love it. And I'm listening from an objective point of view because I'm almost listening and saying to myself, like I would want our clients or whoever listening, our, our listeners to um, think about this as well. So, so to refine your culture, right? If I were to coach and say something, like I would say, we would have to kind of know what we stand for. And from what I hear is your Christianity, the Christian martial arts that you have, is not so much about the culture of Christians training, but it's more about the morals and the underlining value system that you've learned from Christianity, which could be used in, um, you know, Muslim, Hindu, you know, whatever religion or color creed. Um, except you're doing it through the vessel of Christianity, but really the culture within your school is that you're an ethical, moral, spiritual place. Um, you do the Pledge of Allegiance, so you teach respect and honor and patriotism, um, you know, all of those things, and that's what makes your school different than, let's say, a, an MMA gym where they're just cut, tapping knuckles and beating each other up and, you know, looking about fighting and how they could hurt a person and, you know, different than maybe that, right, or different than a karate school that just does martial arts and kata so your culture and, and i love your logo by the way too it's kind of have the you know it ties to christianity within your logo as well which most people probably don't even realize that how you put it together right so so that to me is your your brand you know what makes you special why i would want my daughter to train with you and your your leadership and so on for all the values that i had just spoken about does that sound like that makes sense yeah yeah, and it's accurate. I would say the other thing that sets us apart is, and every school says this, yeah, we teach character development. But I go the extra step with regards to making sure that our clients not only know that we, we, uh, we teach character development, but we do it with a strategic purpose. And so right. um, there are uh, weekly um, mat chats that are happening but they don't happen by happenstance. We actually have a curriculum that we follow. So I can tell you that once your child or even yourself as an adult go, go through the beginner's class, these are the qualities and the principles and the concepts that you're going to pick up from the mat chat. Right. And then you move into intermediate level, same thing, advanced, junior yeah. black belt, even black belt level. So, uh, and, and I did that on purpose because I, I did have people that were asking me, you know, well, what makes you different than Joe Blow down the street type thing? And, I, and so that's when I actually created uh, the manual, how to choose uh, the right martial art. Uh, yeah, how to choose the right martial arts school for yourself or a family member. And right. um, that, that, in that free report, I have like a report on, you know, how to do it for uh, a man, a woman, and a child. And in the child one, there's five specific questions that you need to ask another school owner. Well, one of the questions is ask them if they teach character development. And then I elaborate into that, and I say, of course, they're going to say that they teach character development. By default, martial arts in and of itself, because of the discipline and respect and the martial way, all, of course it's going to teach some character development. Right. But that, that's done haphazardly. That's not done strategically. And you'd be lucky if you don't skip something when you do things haphazardly. What you right. need to do is when they say, yes, we do, ask them, well, how do you do it? And then if they can actually explain to you how do you do it, then say, well, do you have a lesson plan and may I see it? Right. And I remember doing this specifically with one guy who uh, wanted to try out my school and another one. Right. And, he, and, and fortunately, he tried us out first. 
And I, I went through everything. He says, look, I want to go and try this other school out. I said, absolutely. I said, but before you do, I said, can I give you uh, a report that I put together on how to choose the right martial arts school? And he said, absolutely. So I gave it to him. I went through the five questions. I, you know, I obviously I gave it to him. He could read it. But I went through some of these questions with him. And that was one of the ones that when he went to that other school, he asked them, do you teach character development? How, and, and if so, how do you do it? And let me see the lesson plan. And when I gave him that, I brought my the beginner's lesson plan book, and I said, look, this is what it is. Here's month one, here or here's week one, week two, week three, boom, 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 boom. It's a, it's a the way that I have it, it's a rotating one. So this is right. you know, how we were doing it at that time. But as long as they get through all the information in the nine months in the beginner's class, it doesn't matter when it's delivered. It's, it's not based upon, uh, um, you know, you need this at week one, week two, week three. Obviously, those concepts and principles can be taught um, they need to be taught strategically, but they can be taught any time. And so he went in and did that, and this person couldn't deliver. Now, I set up a straw man, right, because I, I knew that I basically directed him to ask the questions that I knew most of the school owners in my area couldn't answer correctly. And then I right. also gave him the correct, correct answer. So I did set up a straw man there, but that's separates me and educating my clients just in that piece alone is humongous because then when they want to go and quit um i'll give you another one i had a a lady a girl uh, a little girl who uh maybe she was 10 did not pass her red belt so she couldn't go from uh red to red with white mm-hmm. um so mom wanted to have a meeting with me mom was pissed that she didn't pass and i i said to her well you know, look, she didn't do it correctly, whatever it was. And she said, well, we're going to go and uh, uh, we're going to go and check out other schools. And I said, well, you know, look, uh, this, no, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, she was brown with white going with red. Uh, and this is important in the story. And I said, you know, look, as an American, that's your right. You can feel free to do that. I said, but I just want you to know that I don't take threats lightly. And she looked yeah. at me and she goes, she goes, I'm not threatening you. I said, yeah, you are. I said, what you're saying is if you don't pass my daughter, even though she may or may not deserve it, I'm going to go to another school. I said, you most certainly can go to another school. I said, you're going to have to pay for another three months anyways because you're, you, you can't get out of your contract until uh, the red belt guarantee, which is in three months anyhow. Um, I said, so you, you can most certainly go and do that. But I do want to remind you of a couple of things. And she kind of looked at me. And I remember doing her consultation. Goofy mind, right? I remember doing her consultation. One of the questions we asked gives us the things and the benefits that they're looking for. And so I remembered a couple of those. And I said, I remember when we had our consultation and you told me this about your daughter and this about your daughter. And we went through and you decided that we were the only school that could deliver those things. And up until now, you've believed that, that and agreed, otherwise you wouldn't be here this long, that we've been able to deliver those things. I said, is that changed? Are you going to be able to get those things from any other school? And, right. by the way, by allowing her to quit because you're angry, what is that going to teach her? Right. And so, um, again, I, I, I brought her back to our, uh, the, the, the character qualities and principles that we teach. Right. I love it. I think that's awesome. And, you know, that, so, so then for the listeners, when we're talking about, you know, building that culture, this is more so 
a culture um, and the culture of integrity and, and leadership and, you know, uh, character development, that's what you're known for. So other people may preach that, and but they might not even have anything in place that actually teaches that other than you can get those. That's a byproduct of martial arts. You know, no matter what, if you're, you know, you're learning respect and discipline and, and you know, struggling through and working hard, all of those things are they're, they're byproducts or the lessons of the martial arts. However, your school actually teaches these leadership qualities. Actually goes, just like I have a leadership team, not everyone's in it, but I do have about 18 members of my school that are in my leadership team, leadership character development and instructor training program. And they learn goal setting, time management, time slicing, public speaking, you know, uh, leadership skills, verbal judo, all, all of these things that are not normally taught anywhere other than if you paid a fortune to a Tony Robbins or a Brian Tracy and so on. Right. And then the other thing too is, um, our our program is eclectic, where right. I'm not a, a one style. Now, I know ninjutsu is eclectic, so that that's to your advantage. But what I've had to do is, because I have people say, well, what style do you teach? And I say, well, we have an eclectic program. You know, it's about the program. It's not about the style. Right. So i got to educate them in that. And then these are the different... Uh, things that we teach inside of there. So one of the base styles is Tung Sudo, which is a Korean martial art. But where it has its holes, I've gone to uh, uh, grappling styles. I've gone to kickboxing styles. I've also gone to, um, you know, self-defense styles, such as, you know, Haganah, that, that, those type of things, uh, to fill in those gaps. So what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to build an all-around or well-rounded uh, individual from a self-defense standpoint, not that, you know, the character development stuff that we already just talked about, yeah. but I want them to be well-rounded. And I do, we, of course, we talk about the fact like what you just brought up about verbal judo and those type of things as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but from the physical standpoint, we do an eclectic style. And, right. and I have always known, I've always known that that has been a benefit, not a detriment um, right. to my students. But, that has to be communicated. And uh, I remember what Keith Hafner uh, used to say, uh, one of his lines, if you will, and I'm, I'm probably not going to do verbatim, but he would always say, you know, the problem is when you add more into your program to make it better, it becomes more difficult to explain to somebody else. I have another dog jumping up on my, my lap because you heard her bark. She's like, yep. I have two dogs on my lap now, and if, she, if I ignore her, she's going to bark until I do something. Um, so let's try to get her comfortable. But uh, you know what's interesting, though, Dwayne? I'm hearing everything that we're talking about makes total sense. And I think, though, that the one missing component um, sometimes simply is that, okay, so, so then how do, we, how do we get something like, let, let's, say, let's just pretend. Let's, let, let's say you and I are brainstorming. We're going to build the school. We want to build it with, you know, a curriculum a, a uh, you know, a uh, brand, and we say, okay, how do we get a brand that ties in uh, to the people's mindset so that they're wearing and excited? So let's say we, we call the school Tiger, Tiger Karate, right? You know, we could have, you know, the Tiger Stripes as part of our logo, you know, like a, a ferocious tiger face, you know, everyone could be called the Little Tigers, the, the Ferocious Tigers, um, and there's this whole brand around a system where people, parents would say, hey, you're, you're, you're my tiger, right? You know, or like adults would go, I'm like a tiger, I'm ferocious, and I'm going to wear my tiger shirt with my tiger stripes. And, 
you know, I'm going to have, you know, pictures of the tiger tearing open, you know, a, a shirt and, and the fist coming out of it. Like, whatever the case may be, you, you get what I'm saying? It's like, so, yep. so, so that's where I think school owners, they miss out. And, and I recently I was on the Century website and um, I wrote in, you know, like, show me your karate school and what it looks like. And um, people were immediately sending in pictures of their schools. And by the way, I have to say, um, like, of course, because the ones who sent it were very proud, 80% of those schools were gorgeous. I mean, some really epically, beautifully looking, well-designed schools. Um, however, I would say 70% of them ha- were, were void of a real brand. And then I say, show me your retail. And the retail, and by the way, we can talk about this too, we're blue in the face, but their retail was like, you know, 10 shirts. And then the shirts said stuff like, you know, um, you know, kick, kick this or do that. And, but there really wasn't a sellable brand. Like, you know, it wasn't like something on a shirt that represented the, the ninja-ish attitude or the tiger attitude or the, you know, whatever it may be. And I think that's where we fall short. Like, for instance, people, I've read this and I read the book, The Starbucks Way, I think that's the name of the book where people were a culture like they were just proud to carry around an empty cup of Starbucks because that's who they identified. They were the, the, you know, the millennial generation where it was cool to get the double, triple latte, swirl, blah, 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 mocha, chip, whatever. And that was their identity, their, their brand. Starbucks branded that very well. They created a culture where people wanted to be in that culture. So that's what I ask people to try to do, and that's what that Purple Cow Talk last week was. And how do we do that more with our schools? Do you have any suggestions on, on that? Like, what, you know, what could a school owner do um, to really start to uncover? And we could probably do weeks on this um, to really start to uncover their brand. Because, by the way, imagine that, I don't know, Crane Kung Fu is their system. Now they take a picture of a crane and they turn it into a cartoon character and the crane has got gloves on and he's, you know, kicking in the... Now people are going to want to wear that shirt, wear that hat, have that patch, put it on their bags, on their uniforms, a sticker on their car, because that's... The crane is known everywhere around that area. You know what I mean? That's what I'm... That I also want to push out to the school owners to really understand who they are. And by the way, I'm still trying to refine my brand and I do have that ninja, you know, discover the ninja in you. Um, you know, uh, you know, Long Island and Jitsu centers, it's not just kicking and punching, it's the martial arts and beyond. But how do I get my parents to understand that brand? You know, get the kids wanting to wear the ninja. I have a really cool ninja shirt that I just designed. And, um, you know, it says, between action and the shadows is, lies the ninja. You know, and there's a ninja jumping out of a tree, and it's a really cool art. And uh, they're selling, I, I had a order, small order of shirts, and the shirts are selling because people like that to wear that shirt. So, yeah, I saw you, that. Do you get what I'm, where, where I'm coming from on that? What do you think about that? Um, so what, what, they, what they need to do is they need to get a, uh, um, <clears throat> they need to get a legal pad and right. they need to get a pen and they need to start writing down, you know, who they are, who they want to be, and just ideas. Um, and, you know, I wish that we had him on this call, but a friend of ours um, – uh, Kenny Bigby, because <clears throat> him and I had gone back and forth uh, probably a good three to six months before we came up with, you know, who he was with regards to right. his brand, his tagline, um, <clears throat> and it's all, and he, we've gotten it down to uh, his tagline now just says Live Elite. Right. Um, 
and so it's Dragonfly Martial Arts Live Elite, and so they and and we've got you know you you you've got Train Elite. It's kind of almost like you know how Donald Trump did you know uh, Make America Great Again, Make America Safe Again, Make America blah 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 again. It's all about the word elite. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL, and so we were just coming up with words and phrases that not Trump, you not, know, not Trump, not Trump, right. Kenny. Yeah, Kenny. And you're gonna uh, get the, elite. You're gonna get the president in trouble for saying that he was a Navy SEAL now. No, 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 no. Um, but uh, just the word elite uh, was just encompassed everything he did from the uh, programs that he has, the physical portion, the character development, the um, you know his own background with with regards to yeah. being a Navy SEAL because Navy SEALs are elite. <clears throat> and then we also use because he's um, on the SEAL team, or he was on the SEAL team, we, we use the word team. And so everything has, you know, uh, you're, you're a part of this elite team, or, you know, as a, you're on the white belt team, you're on this team. And so he, we, we've come up with words and phrases, because I told him, I said, you know, I, I'm going to use this example. And I said, but I don't want you to be like him, is that, um, you know, Hitler basically said that if you give me the textbooks, I'll own the generation. Right. And it's a paraphrase of what he actually said. But the whole point was, if if you can dictate the language and the dialogue, like if you own the language, then you own the culture inside right. of that. You know, and that's going back to what you did with Starbucks, which you brought up with Starbucks. Starbucks didn't come in with, you know, small, medium, large. It was tall uh grande and vente right i that was brilliant to separate them from everybody else you cannot go into any other store and order a tall a grande or a vente or a, a trente which is a trente right. or whatever it's called even bigger right just think just think about that so to answer your question quickly because i'm rambling grab a pen paper start writing these things down start writing what you want that to, this is your best friend i can't uh Keith Hacker told me that years ago that this is your best friend. This is yeah. your, this is your uh, your pad and your and and your pen. Those are your those are your weapons for right. your school. They really are. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Speaking of Kenny, Kenny of course is a friend of mine as well, and and I think I introduced you guys, right? And um, you did, you did. And, and I coached Kenny for many years, and we refined his his uh, you know image and slogans and everything for many years. And now you work with him, and now he's come to a point where it's finally cemented in, which I love. But, you know, it used to be elite people, elite whatever, elite something, right? Like it was three. It, and now I, I just went to his website, which we build, by the way, and um, and I like it. It says, leader in forging elite achievers. Be elite, That's in it. quotes. Yep, be elite. And, yep. and, and Kenny is, you know, like you said, he embodies that entire, you know, being a, one of, I think, 38 at the time African-Americans to make it into the SEAL teams and, um, and uh, you know, all this other stuff. And now he's a firearms tackle, firearms trainer, et cetera, et cetera. All of it has to do with that core group of military mindset, you know, um, and, and, uh, and the feeling of patriotism within, not even in the military, but within his school, right? The, being, to be symbolic of, of wanting to be in his school. So his brand is that, that brand. 
And uh, that's what I'm talking about is how do we build that? And that's what I think school owners should take the time. They should go back to last week and listen to the Purple Cow episode. They should take the Purple Cow thing and, and ask those questions. What makes them unique? What do their clients feel about them? It's funny, like sometimes my slogan is, and I said it before, Long Island and Jiu-Jitsu Centers is not just kicking and punching. It's the martial arts and beyond. So uh, some people, I've, they've ex- I've heard them explaining it to other people, and they said, oh, oh no, but this is different. It's not just martial arts. It's the martial arts and beyond that, you know? Like, so they take the wording, like you said, we have to implement and institute the wording so that they understand the, the brand. So it's like Chris Angel, the magician, you know, was mind freak. You know, just the other day I watched this new show, um, which is about a magician who was helping the FBI out. I loved it. It's almost like an old show from years ago called The Magician with Bill Bixby. And um, it's like a reboot. But anyway, it was... Um, it was all about, they mentioned Chris Angel quite often. And they kept saying, like, you know, like gigs at him. But I think he had some stuff to do with the production of this show. And um, it was like, oh, he's a mind freak. You know, he's a, he's a this, a, you know, you know, Chris Angel. You know, like, so it's the brand, right? So people culturally know, you just got to mention mind freak. And for those that are into magic, know Chris Angel. So, like, that's what we want to be, like, for our town, for our city, for our students, who are we? You know, what, what makes them want to identify? Well, and, and that's, I'm going to go back to, I'm glad you looked up the exact one with Kenny because I, I didn't remember it verbatim. But we, I remember now talking with him about we needed to pick words that actually have emotions behind them. So right. um, the, the word forging, I mean, if you just think about the word forging, there's right. a, there is a physical action that's happening when you're forging something. So just the word yeah. forging uh, has a uh, um, uh, a feeling behind it. So when it says forging elite achievers, you know we the, that elite obviously is is raising the bar. You know it's not just here. Yeah. I mean it's it's yeah. raising the bar to um, you know elite status. And then we we put in the word achievers. Um, because we want to show, we wanted to show that they were, you know, that they were making their, that they're going to uh, get their goal, their whatever mark that they were going for. So um, right. I'm glad you looked that up because that was so important uh, uh, to come up with words that had uh, emotion behind them because then the the the, the language can actually um, be part of that culture, part of the brand, and it doesn't have yeah. to be uh, the person per se. You know, right. just with Nike, just do it. You know, that's so simple. Um, it, it's not as emotional, I don't think, as the word forging elite yeah. achievers, you know, but it is simple. Um, uh, so that's important, too, when you're trying to come up with, you know, who you are and what you're doing uh, and what, what separates you. Uh, your language needs to be chosen correctly. Um, and, and, and if I remember correctly, the reason we chose the word forging, too, is because in his program, now his different programs that he has, he has, um, they're all different metals. Because when you forge, you forge metals. Right. Right? So if you want to be in the silver or the bronze or the titanium or the uh, um, cobalt, uh, you know, type yeah. thing, those are all metals. And so we've actually kind of uh, put all of that also even into the names of his programs Right. Um, you know, do you want to do you want to be forged as silver? Do you want to be forged as gold? Do you want to be forged as uh, platinum or whatever it is? I, I right, forget right. the specific ones, but we went in there and we put feeling into each and every one of those programs. Yeah, 
See, that that's now we're starting to build a culture, right? So I'm glad we're talking right. about that, right? So, like, for example, I, I'll bring up two other schools. Like, I build their websites, and I've done coaching with both of them, and I come up with these memes, these taglines. So, like, for instance, Deluxe Karate, Adam Lux, um, superior service, superior instruction, superior martial arts, superior people. So are you superior? You know, that kind of thing, right? And then the other one is Shelby Martial Arts, Paul Kroll, um, his is ancient principles, modern teaching methods, exceptional students, right? So we kind of put that together to like build that brand, you know, telling people, okay, we're using ancient martial art techniques, you know, um, but we're, we're, we're doing it with modern teaching principles to develop exceptional students or combining it all. So the culture of that school. So, you know, sometimes a meme, uh, a slogan, um, you know, and then, but of course you can have a meme or a slogan. Like for example, um, I, I use this drill a lot with people. I said, hey, listen, step outside your school when it's all locked up and take an objective point of view and look in the school like this in the window and see what you see and then tell me what you feel. Like what message do you believe is being told um, by, by the look, the logo, the signage, you know. And, yeah, every karate school, most of them, we build black belts, you know, black belt champions. I used, used to even have those signs in my school, and I got rid of them. Um, because that's not really what was going on. I didn't want people to see that as their brand. I didn't want them to see that as their culture. Um, so what is it as a school owner that we want people to see? What, what is the message we want them to read and believe? By looking in that school, is there a Bob statue and weapons and pads thrown all over? Oh, it's a karate school. Yeah, that's really all they're getting out of it. It's just like another karate school. Or when you look in, it's gorgeous. Like some of those schools on that century post. They were beautiful. I mean, you know, marble. One guy, um, Master Chung, his school is just unbelievable. Koi ponds and a sitting area with a cafe. Even the Valencia brothers, their Brazilian jiu-jitsu school in Florida, their schools, it has its own cafe in there that they, they people train and then they could go to out, they could hang out together and go to lunch and have lunch with an actual restaurant. You know, it's like crazy, like the culture that they've built, right? That's something that people will like, what do you want to do? Sometimes my friends say they just go to lunch there. They want to be around the Brazilian jiu-jitsu surroundings, but they're just look. it's not even their training day. It's just they're going to lunch. You know, that kind of feel. That's right? phenomenal. Yeah, so like that's what that's something that I try want to urge people to start to dig into it within their schools. You know, what what could they do? We all could do it. We could all do better at it, actually. Nope, and I agree. And it's it's no, I was gonna say it's important to do that. It's important to think about that. And and I go back to my original statement when we began, is you know when we first started, that was the furthest furthest thing from our mind. Oh yeah. You know, our uh, culture, our brand was 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 us or whatever right. style we came from. Right. And then, but as time has gone on, we've decided that we, we want to have our own culture, our own brand, um, and I think that's important. And, and too bad we didn't do it from the beginning. Too bad we didn't start that from the very beginning. So I would say get your legal pad, get your pen, start writing down, <clears throat> you know, your thoughts, your feelings about your school. Uh, and, and um, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we can put it on this post. We can uh, give people the... Um, uh, the, the information that we gave out with regards to the branding um, right. that we did, if you want to do that. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely. Well, I mean, I can, on, the, on, the, uh, on the other post, too, it has that white, the purple cow. I think that's a great thing for them to kind of fill in themselves because it's important for you as an owner 
to write what you believe your brand should be, right? And then have your staff fill out what they believe your brand is. And hopefully the two somehow mesh, right? Because if, you know, like with my one employee, I, you know, I, she's a staff member. Um, I don't think that the message is there. I don't really think that they're getting what I'm trying to do. I don't think that we're accomplishing that same task. Um, and uh, that to me is bad because they're a front desk person. And they're, if they're not able to tell people who we are as a brand, they're not going to be able to sell what we do. Right. Does right. That, and I think that falls right. down on us. I mean, that's 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 uh, maybe a lack in training for us, you know, that we need to make sure that our our staff knows exactly. You know, it's kind of like when, you know, with your referral program, you know, uh, that you have, you have your 365 day uh, referral program uh, and on leap year you had an extra day. But, um, you know, the, the fact that uh, you tell uh, your constituents how to talk about your school so that when they're asked, th- they're able to answer that question. And so maybe, right. you know, if that were my program director, maybe I would look also look and go, man, uh, where did I drop the ball? And maybe I didn't. Maybe they just don't understand it. But I would always, I always kind of look within and go, maybe where, where, where did I drop the ball in communicating uh, this to that person? Yeah, and again, doesn't it also, too, create, like, there has to be an undying, and I think this is going into employee motivation, too, there has to be a desire to learn your job, right? You know, like, if you're, I, 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 I've been waking up every every day and watching Undercover Boss. I love that show. It sometimes brings tears to my eyes where a, school, a business owner will give people, you know, all these great things, but I found it to be interesting. Anyway, in Undercover Boss, um, one of the guys was posing as an employee and he was talking to an employee and um, and uh, she was just bad-mouthing the company. You know, the owner is this, he's bad, he, all he cares about is the money, the product sucks, I, I just, I'm just here to make a paycheck. He eventually fired her on the show. But um, those kind of employees, if you don't have someone who's motivated to be a part of your culture and a part of your brand, then, then you probably haven't chosen the right employees either. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Awesome. All right, cool. I guess that's with that we pretty much kind of covered a lot. All right, I think we did. And uh yeah, go back and listen to the Purple Cow, the one that uh, Allie did last week cuz that would be important uh, uh to to listen to that. If you are listening via the podcast, it'll actually be the next one uh uh in 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 the series of podcasts it won't be backwards because i'm I'm a little late in processing it so right listening to this now and you did not listen to the purple cow go to uh uh go to the go fast forward or you can just go yeah. to schoolandertalk.com go to schoolandertalk.com uh and in the search bar you can type in purple cow and uh, that specific one will come up yeah now did you um you said you wanted to maybe give the people who are listening or future listeners a list of maybe things that they could do you were, I cut you off before so I apologize no, you're fine. I can post. Yeah, I can post some stuff inside of this thread for the Facebook Live, and then I'll also uh, at schoolandertalk.com inside of this specific post with re- with regards to developing the uh, culture within you. This is uh, uh, number one six three. So if you go to schoolandertalk.com forward slash one six three, you'll be able to get that information on uh, on that post as well. Now, before we go, we got a special event happening next week, right? Yes. That's going to be incredible. All right. Do you want to, do, you want to you, you, No, you do it, man. 
Well, I'm I'm proud. I mean, and uh, and hopefully it'll it'll be uh, without a hitch. It'll come through because sometimes uh, the teacher that is doing it sometimes is he's just in such high demand. Things may change, but so far so good. We're set for this date. So next week we're going to be talking to um, world-renowned martial art master and author um, Stephen Hayes, who literally brought the uh, ninjutsu craze to the United States. And, um, you know, I've read all of his books. I, I, I always looked up to him and admired him as a young ninja. Um, and, uh, you know, I've actually followed the same path as he. Him and I have such similarities in our lives uh, as far as teachers go and the places we trained. And, of course, he's just, well, much, much, uh, you know, more advanced and incredible than, than I could ever be. Um, so I'm really honored to just be on the phone and we'll be able to interview him um, some about business, about, you know, keeping the traditional martial, martial arts alive. We've had some really great conversations, him and I. Um, we went out to dinner about maybe a month and a half ago, and uh, just great conversations about modern-day martial arts and the student of the 21st century and, you know, how he's running his schools. And he's got uh, many, many, many associate schools underneath him. So very going to be a very interesting interview. So I hope everyone... Um, we'll chime in next week, same bad time, same bad channel, to see uh, what he has to say. Yeah, now are we going to do it in through our uh, closed group, or are we going to do it on the open? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, what do you think we should do? I don't know. I, um, you know, part of me says it should be the closed group, you know, and the other part right. of me is thinking, man, you know, there might be some individuals that, uh, you know, yeah, we need to find out, you and I, that, um, that why, because even in our closed group, like my fiance Nicole says, she doesn't get until it's late. Uh, it used to notify her when we were online, live. It says sometimes it doesn't do it for 15, 20 minutes. Um, other people have said the same thing, that they're not getting notified that we're doing this. Other than me posting it, um, normally when we'd go live, everyone would say, oh, Dwayne and Allie are live on you know, their closed group. But maybe because it's a closed group, it doesn't do that. So we should look into that a little bit more um, and to see. But, but yeah, I think we should go closed group. And then if people really want to see this exclusive interview, maybe we could cut it and post it at a later date, a little piece of it. And then if they want sure. to be a part and they're a school owner um, and they want to be a part of our closed group, they'd have to, you know, sign up or like, like the page and request entrance. Sounds good to me. Awesome, dude. All right, great. So we will chat later, and you and I, and uh, everyone, I'm happy to have had you on the call today, and hopefully you'll enjoy this and listen to it at a later date and share it with others in this group, and give us your comments and thoughts. All right, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, man. All right, Dwayne. Take care. Have a great day, man.